Blessed privilege to be with the Blue Valley family. Amen. I don't count it any small thing that the Lord has brought us together. Because we know without Him we can do nothing. Amen. And want to say hello to Blue Valley. Amen. Praise God. It's just good to start off just like that. 
and a new relationship. Amen. Amen. And I've already fallen in love with your pastor. He is a true man of the Lord, and the Spirit is in him. We spent the time on the phone, as he said, and he actually conducted a clinic on the phone when we talked about sanctification and redemption. And we talked about regeneration. We talked about salvation. Y'all know y'all pastor. He just gets right on down in there. Oh, yeah. I called one of my friends who knows him well as well, Pastor Anthony Fletcher, who's one of my brothers in the ministry. And I said, do you know Pastor Flakes? He said, oh, yeah, I know Pastor Flakes. I said, he is deep. He said, sure, I thought you knew. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I'm just happy to uh, be here with you today and with your great and gracious pastor. And I want to take a moment and say, it's so good to see New Zion here tonight, too, sprinkled all over the room. Why, ushers, and in the audience, amen. Amen. And those, those uh, members of New Zion that's in the audience, would you wave your hand? Wave your hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But last without, but not least, as uh, Deacon Johnson started out kind of fixing up for us, there is a first lady in the house. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. My lovely wife, Sandra Butler. She is the apple of my eye and the peach in my cobbler. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. For he is worthy. Oh, so worthy to be praised. Um, my, my wife has been a real blessing to me. Um, when we, we first met, I was still, I was a believer, but I was kind of stumbling out in the world. And uh, I was kind of, you know, backslidden, as they say, or, or kind of carnal walking in my, in my walk. But my wife spoke to me on the phone, and the Holy Spirit used her to get me back on track. Amen. And I've been running again strong ever since. Amen. It's been now... The years have gone by. <laughs> look to the answer back there. She knows how long it's been. Yeah, she knows how long it's been. 18, 19 years now. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. And thank the Bishop Jordan for joining for being here today. I don't know why I want to call him Jordan. Bishop Jordan for being here. Amen. Amen. Good singing from this great choir as well. Amen. Now, if, uh, yes. Yes. Amen. 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 If I haven't, if I have not forgotten any formalities here, amen. I'm just itching to get to the word. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I might, I might, Bishop, I might try to do something. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let us go to the epistle of the Apostle James, chapter 1. Chapter 1, 
starting at verse 27. When you have it, please say amen. amen. And if you don't have it, say wait a minute. All right. The apostle to James chapter 1, verse 27. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, amen. amen. James chapter 1, verse 27. You will find these words. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. I've read to you the 27th verse of the first chapter of the epistle of James the Apostle in the New King James Version. Amen. Amen. And today, this afternoon, I would like to speak with you for a few moments from the thought, no mission, no church. No mission, no church. Lord, prepare me to be a saint.
Praise the name of the Lord. No mission, no church. The Apostle James, I consider to be a practical apostle. He gets at the root of the matter, and that is obedience to God. When we read the epistle of James, we find that he doesn't sugarcoat anything. But he gets right at the root of the problem. New Zion, we've talked in the third chapter of James, and I introduced it in the idea that the church is a hospital. And there's a lot of sick folks in the house. And so we we start to look and we start to realize that just because we name the name Jesus Christ, we categorize ourselves as Christians does not mean that we're perfect. We have flaws all over the place. If it wasn't so, Jesus would not have to come and die in our place. But we get to this point in the first chapter because it is our responsibility not to be perfect but to be obedient. And today I want to focus on the idea of missions. After all, it's missions day. And and, and I'm glad about being here for such a great occasion. Wonderful, wonderful. And so when we look at our text and we see the idea that there's With no mission, no church. We look at verse 27 and we start off with two words, pure and undefiled. Those two words are synonyms for one another. The idea of pure is clean or cleansiness. And the idea of undefiled is uncontaminated. But we see in this text that those two words are referring to religion. Mm-hmm. Well, now, now I, I want to take a moment in the context of James's epistle and deal with something that we have made into a negative word in our contemporary church. Let's see, let's see. And in the context of the contemporary church, it makes sense for it to be negative. Mm, well, because we see religion as opposite to relationship. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you hear folks say, well, the life of a Christian is not about religion, but it's about a relationship. Mm -hmm. But I say to you in this context, the negativity, the negative connotation around the word religion is not what James is talking about. Lord have mercy. Because if we really look close at religion, Religion is something that we do over and over again. Where we get the adjective or the adverb that we use, we do something religiously. We do it over and over again. The purpose of religion has never been an end in itself, but a way of supporting our relationship. 
Well, we go to church well, week in and week out, Bible study, service, Sunday school. Mm. Isn't that religion? Well, Isn't that something we do all over and over again? Yeah. But we don't see it negatively, do we? Right. Well, Why? Because we do that to support the relationship mm. that we have in Jesus Christ. Mm. We come to hear the word so we mm. get to know more about the one yes, yes. whom we say we're in a relationship right. with. Because the saddest thing for a Christian would be, after living a life as a believer, getting to heaven and cannot identify Jesus. So we have religion to support that relationship so that we will have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Because we religiously read the word. We religiously come to Sunday school. We religiously come to service. We religiously come to Bible study so that we can support our relationship in Jesus Christ. I religiously spend time with my wife over and over again so that it supports our relationship. Not as much time as I would like. No, I don't think as much as she would like at times. But when I can, I'm religiously being with her because it helps us build what? Our relationship. Amen. So when we look at our text, we see that it says pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. Yeah. Let's stop a minute here and look at these words. The question I would ask is before who? Well, First of all, that's right, amen. First of all, it's not before the world. Because the world doesn't like good religion anyway. The world does not like Christ. They rejected him. So if we try to put our works are things of goodness toward God in front of the world, they would reject it. But I come a little closer here because also it's not before our brethren either. God bless us all. And God bless the fact that we are brethren. We are brothers and sisters in the Lord. But even that is not good enough because we can fool one another. Well, we can look pious and we can even do activities to make ourselves look like it. But behind closed doors and back in creepy crawling places, we end up doing any and everything while our church members and our brothers and sisters think we all praise the Lord. They are. Oh, they are holy and they are sold out for the Lord. So 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 it's not before our brethren either, because. There's a problem in that. There's a, there's a lacking. There's a deficiency in either one of those cases. The world don't like us no way. Our brethren can't see what we're doing at all times. But we end up finding out, but God. But God and the Father. See, whatever we're going to do needs to be under the spotlight of one who can watch us day in and day out. Morning, evening, noon, and night. Now we're talking about pure and undefiled religion before the Father who never sleeps nor slumbers. But let us continue in this text. 
The pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows, what? In their trouble. Yeah. Now, at first glance, we see this word visit. Mm -hmm. And in our vernacular, in the contemporary language, it may mean just to go by and stop for a chat. Well, uh. Go by and say hello. Mm -hmm. Baby, I was just thinking about you. Mm -hmm. Sister such and such or brother such and such, I was thinking about you. And it might even go as far as sitting down and having, as the Australians may say, tea and crumpets. <laughs> but that's not the visit that James is talking about. Now, in the, in the, in the Greek language, there is a very long and difficult to pronounce word that I'm not going to try to pronounce right now. But I'm going to tell you what it means. It goes beyond just sitting down for a chat or spending a little time breaking some tea cakes together in water. It, it goes into the idea of helping one another. If you look at the text closely, it says to visit orphans and widows, where? In their trouble. Not necessarily when everything is going all right. That's good. But it's more difficult to go deal with somebody who's going through something. I mean, because after all, I mean, we just got through coming out of a trial ourselves a lot of times. And on the way into another one, and we've got a reprieve. And so then we look and say, wait a minute. They got all this trouble going on. Do I really want to go across the street and deal with this? I don't know. Man, their lights are off. The gas bill ain't paid. They're going to be asking for money. Lord have mercy. They talk too long. I don't know if I want to put all of me into them. All right. But that's what James is talking about. He's not talking about just casually going by and saying, be blessed and warm. No, he's talking about getting in their life to help them. To help them in their trouble. Yeah. So it's the idea of strengthening them as well. Yeah. Getting in there and working with them and helping them get their mindset correctly. Yeah. Sitting down with them in the word and teaching them and, and, and coaching them and consulting with them and encouraging them. All that's wrapped yeah. up in this kind of visit. Yeah. Yeah. But this is some hard stuff, but that's what we're called to be. Yeah, yeah. And it's called to do because, after all, we're missionaries, aren't we? Yeah. Everybody in here is a missionary, aren't we? Yeah. Praise the Lord. I mean, we got missionary on our church. Yeah. Pastor Flakes kind of brought that out. He said, What kind of church is New Zion? Uh, Y'all missionary? Missionary church. Yeah, I mean, in the root is missionary, so it's all about mission. Yeah. And you know, if you spend a little time and look, in the book of Acts, mm -hmm. well, well. you see that's what is the, the, the symbol. That is what the yes, thing sir. that you can see mostly that identifies the church. Yeah, yeah. Is that they're missional. Yeah. They're bringing things to the apostles' feet so that they can go and 
minister to others. Yeah. They're on the move. And see, you know, sometimes I don't even like to deal with this myself, but I have to say what is the truth of what I observe when I see the book of Acts. Yeah, 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 yeah. The New Testament church in the book of Acts, the first century church, mm -hmm. looks so much different yeah. than we do today. Yeah. 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 We don't operate like they used to operate. No. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we like to come and have our favorite preacher and like to come and gather on Sunday morning and listen to the sermon. And then as soon as it's over, drop our money in the slots and go slam the doors in our cars and go back to the life we've been living. And do this all over again. Or we might come for Bible study on Wednesday, maybe even Sunday school at 9.30 or 9 in the morning on Sunday. But... That's still not the New Testament church. That's not the book of Acts, the first century church. They were on the move all the time, and they were in the mode of making disciples. So often, and it's unfortunate because I have a hard time dealing with this myself because this is the only church I've known. But I do see what I see in the book of Acts and know that there's something a little strange about us compared to them. I mean, they continued to send out disciples who discipled others. I mean, as soon as they got to a certain size, it wasn't all that big, they broke away. And there was another group going off here and discipling, and another house church here. And I mean, they were just on the move, starting churches here. I mean, just doing it. All right. But that's not how we like to operate today. Well, as a pastor and knowing other pastors and just, it's hard to deal with, but, you know, we kind of like our people. Well, we don't, we don't really, I mean, it took us so long, you know, we, we think we're doing it anyway, but as, as the preacher was saying, other, it's the Holy Spirit. Because we ain't got nothing to do with it, because without Jesus and the Holy Ghost, we ain't doing nothing. So it's really the Holy Ghost, but but we feel like we've done so much, and I I, I don't want to lose the folks I worked so hard to get. All right. So so we kind of put you know some hedges around us and tighten this thing up real tight and say, don't you go nowhere? Don't you don't you slide off from here on Sunday morning, or don't you go too many places? You come right on back here. Uh, uh, come on here, my musicians. Come on here, my preachers. Oh, God, my preachers. Don't don't let my preachers go anywhere. They're my right-hand men. And if they get out of here, they might start a church or something. And something just, you know, then a part of my congregation go to. See, that's another problem. See, our vernacular gets our brain in trouble. We keep talking about my this and my that. But th the church is not the pastors. The church is the Lord. It is Jesus Christ's body, and he's the head. Now, sometimes we ought to stop and consult him before we figure out how we're going to take care of his people. But, but I'm just saying that no mission, no church. We got to be missional. We have to be about the business of making disciples. We got to be about the business of going out into helping the orphans and widows in their trouble. Yeah. Yeah. See, in the context of James, 
The orphans and the widows were being neglected most of all. Mm -hmm. Disenfranchised, dejected, marginalized, I mean all that. I mean just mm -hmm. outside the camp. I mean almost saying they're ceremonial unclean. So here James is coming right into that. And saying, church, we ain't going to operate like the Judaizers. We're not going to operate like these hypocrites. We're going to go and take care of the ones who Jesus said is most important to him. Because Jesus, you Lord, did not Jesus say, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me in. Did he not say when I was naked, you clothed me? Did he not say that when I was sick, you visited me? When I was sick, you visited me. When I was in prison, you came. Now look how the progression goes in just those words that Jesus was saying in Matthew 25. Right. Hungry, giving them food. Difficult, but not as difficult as it could be. Well, because then giving water, because he's thirsty. Yeah. Difficult, but let's see. Yeah, well, A stranger, mm -hmm. and you invited me in. Well, well, Ooh, now yeah. we're getting to where it's getting a little tight. Now, now we don't mind. I, I, I believe us, we, you know, believers that really love the Lord. I don't believe we have too much trouble with buying folk food to eat. I don't have that trouble. I mean, something to drink if they need something to drink. But I don't know you. Well, and I'm going to invite you in my house. Well, Ooh, now I'm in a now I'm in a discomfort zone because I'm out of my comfort zone. Am I not? I, I don't know about you, but sometimes, and I'm just being honest up here, Pastor Blake. Uh, can I be honest? Okay, I, I'm just being honest today that sometimes I get a little nervous about letting strangers into the church house with me. If you catch me at the right time, see Sunday morning when I got all my folks around me and some strangers come in, come on in. But how about Friday night or Saturday night when I was coming to turn on the air condition and somebody started knocking on that door? Oh, in 2013, oh, whoa, can I? Oh, maybe he got or maybe I knife, I don't know. Should I let them in or not? They could hurt me. So here we are. It starts to tighten up. See, that's what happens when you allow scripture to come up off the page. See, when Jesus says that in Matthew 25, I mean everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, them terrible folks who didn't do it. Ugh. But think about it. Is that easy? When they catch you at the right time. Yeah. Now, now look at the text. When I was sick, when I was sick, you visited me. Now go back to the definition of visit from this idea, from the way that James is talking about it. This idea, this, this Greek word for visit here 
has the idea of overseeing in it. Well. It's where, in the root of that word, we get the word bishop. Mm. Mm. So, so, when I was sick, you, you oversaw me. Mm. I mean, I mean you, you pastored me. I mean, you, you took care of me. Yeah. You, you didn't just come to the hospital well. and pray for me. I mean, you actually looked to help, to strengthen, right. and to encourage me. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Prayer is great. Yeah. But, but I think the Lord has more in store mm. for this kind of visiting. Well. And see, that's the danger of being missional. The danger is there are things that we will end up having to do that we are more than discomfortable about doing. We are more than uncomfortable. We're in great distress trying to do it. But does not Jesus always challenge us to go beyond our comfort zone? That's why the Judaizers hated him so much because what he brought was out of their comfort zone. All of their ritualistic and, and verbal laws that they come up, Jesus was tearing all that stuff down. And they didn't like it. And so here's Jesus in the contemporary church today kind of tearing down some of our stuff. Ain't because when we listen to these words, we have to really look at ourselves. And I'm the first to look at me and say I'm falling short. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm falling short in these areas, but I know it's the truth. See, I got to speak the truth whether or not I'm doing it or not. I need to get about doing it, but I got to speak the truth. And the truth will set me free. And so when we look at this, we see that it causes for a commitment to be a mission. Yeah, yeah. See, what we have done, and I, I heard some of this when I was in the room praying just a few moments ago in pastor's office. I, I heard somebody say, we all are missionaries. We, we all are the mission. It's just not the old ladies on fifth Sunday service. Now, 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 that's showing up true. Whoever said that, amen. Amen. Because that's the reality here. We all ought to be missionaries. But doesn't it make the church comfortable to say, look, we're missionary church. We got three missions. We got the senior women mission. We got the women intermediate. And we got the junior mission. What a great church we are. No, no, no. Falling short. We're all missionaries. We all ought to be about the work yeah. of making disciples. We all ought to be about the work of visiting nursing home, going to hospital. It's the church. Yeah. It's not a department in a church assembly, but it's the church. That is the defining identification that the church is the church. That is making disciples. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen. So, as we finish looking at this word, visited, let's look what else the apostle says. And to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Lord, have mercy. Woo, this is heavy duty right here because 
But you got to eat it, don't you? You know, some things ain't good to you, but they're good for you. Amen? Amen. Sometimes you had to drink black drawing and Father John, but wasn't good to you. But it sure was good for you. Amen. So, staying unspotted. Staying unspotted. Every believer in this house will identify and will also conclude and confirm that we have been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Our account has been cleansed by the Lord. Now, instead of unrighteous, we are now righteous according to what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Now, since Jesus has done all this cleaning up for us, yes. could we not at least try to attempt to stay unspotted from the world? Amen. Can, we, can we at least try to eschew it as Job did a little bit of evil? Well, uh, I mean, evil is always present. Yeah. Amen? Yeah, but, but couldn't we kind of run away from some of it sometimes? Well, Could we stop lying to one another well, and lying on one another? Well, and, and, and could we could we stop hiding in church? I mean, it may not happen here at, at Blue Valley because this is a, a cozy community. And, and, it, and it might not happen at New Zion. Or maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not at Blue Valley. I mean, I don't know, but I'll just... For for example's sake, say that doesn't happen. But at other churches where we hide in the congregation, I mean, really, what we want to do is we want to have church membership, but not church commitment. See, because membership is easy. Go up there and shake the preacher's hand and say, you know, I come by Christian experience, but commitment takes it. A whole lot further. You got to sacrifice something. You got to give something to be committed. But but I want to look at something else because we can even be committed to stations within our local assemblies. We can be on the usher board. We can be trustees and missionaries and we can be deacons and preachers and pastors and we can be all these things but we're still not unspotted. From the world. Because what we do is we come and sing praises to the Lord, but then we go to the gambling boat. We go to the casino. I know somebody at some point says, has tried to explain to me why that's okay. And, and I think I almost got beat up one time trying to talk about this because they said I just go down there for the food. That's right, T. Somebody know what I'm... T- somebody must have been overhearing that conversation because I almost got myself tore up over that deal. But I said to them, listen... 
Why would we even have the appearance of evil? You telling me there ain't no crab legs nowhere else? That is as good as the ones down there? Preacher, preacher, hey, preacher. Woo, I mean, here we go. Thank you, preacher. I mean, somebody told me there's at least, what, a million people here in this town? I think we ought to have a lot of businesses that serve. And somewhere, even if it got to be a hole in the wall somewhere, they ought to have some crab legs just as good. Maybe a steak as well. And maybe at even as a good a price. So why do we want to even have the appearance of evil? When we could go somewhere else and look to be the example that Christ wants yes, us to be. Yes, 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 yes. But sis, after they got through beating up on me, let me tell you. I'm going to talk to my sister here because she knows what I'm talking about. Uh, after they got through beating up on me, some of this that I've been able to uncover is that they're just not going down there to eat. No. Well, you know, you know I, I've even heard that some people have rooms in these places. Now, I don't think they're giving that stuff away for free. I, I think there might have to be a lot of for that to happen. Amen. Boy, I love Blueberry. I ain't hardly got to preach in here. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, can we be careful here? Yes, sir. Can can we, since Jesus has done all this for us? Well, I mean, I mean, he did die on the cross yeah. for sinners yeah. like you and me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Bible says, for God demonstrated his love yeah. toward us, that while we were what? Yeah. Yet sinners. He died. That's the time when he we didn't care nothing about him. We weren't interested in him or nothing he was doing. He died. Stayed on that cross from the third to the ninth hour. The Bible says at the sixth hour, darkness was all over the land. There was a point where Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? A relationship that had never been broken. Ever. Eternally, it was broken for us. Now look, when our mothers and fathers pass away, some of us fall completely apart because I know I did. But that's nowhere close to the time of a relationship that Jesus and the Father had. Nor was it as an intimate because sin was always in the way. But even in that, when they passed off the scene, I was no good. I I, I, I tried to drive someday and the tears would just fall. See, it would fall so and my face would crinkle up, I had to pull off the road. I found myself sitting and if I gave myself any out of time, I just fell apart. Because the relationship had been broken. But our relationship was rocky anyway because of sin. But yet even in that weaker relationship, how much pain. So how much more would it be with the father and the son? And he did it for folks who didn't even care nothing about him. The Bible says in Galatians, 
Anyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. Jesus was a curse for us. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might be the righteousness of God in him. Since Christ did all that, buried in the grave three days and three nights. And after all of that, the father raised him from the dead. He he, he did all that for you and for me. Can we not at least attempt to be unspotted? Lord, how much when we look at this text, we're now confronted with the idea that you and I are missionaries. If we're not missional, we're not acting like the church. But as I look and keep in this conversation, there was the greatest missionary that ever lived and his name is Jesus. Let me rewind my sermon and look back up at the cross. But even before that, the Bible says that God himself wrapped himself in human flesh and came down as a baby born of a virgin wrapped in swaddling clothes. He was not born in the castle. He was not born at the king's house. But he wasn't even born in an inn. But he was born outside in the inn in a trough for you and for me. Because Jesus came so that he could identify with all our infirmities. You can't go so low that Jesus can't pick you up. But after 33 years of giving sight to the blind, giving talk to those who were dumb, and hearing to those who were dead, one Friday evening, they put nails in his hands, and they put nails in his feet. But he gave his life freely for you and for me. He was on that cross and then he died. They took him off that cross Friday evening and they buried him in Joseph's new tomb. Somebody here may be asking, why not in his own tomb? Because Jesus, my Jesus, and your Jesus wasn't going to be there very long. He was in that grave all night Friday. He was in that grave all day Saturday. He was in that grave all night Saturday night. But before the crickets began to sing their song, before the frogs begin to give their croak. Yeah. It was early. Yeah. Oh, so I 
you seen him go is the same way he's coming back. Church, he's coming back for a church without spot or blemish. Will you be ready? Will he find you faithful doing missionary work? God bless you. God keep you in perfect peace till we meet again. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Lord.